You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Family, and uh, what a blessing it is to be here this morning at Gethsemane Baptist Church, and a blessing to be here today. Uh, when I say that, it's because uh, it has more meaning to me than maybe it would others. Uh, you may ask why, because if it wasn't for the love and the investment and the longevity of Gethsemane Baptist Church, then I probably wouldn't be here today. Your church has helped to reach my pastors uh, for Christ, and if it wasn't for this faithful church who has loved people all these many years, Pacific Baptist Church, not too far from it, probably would not exist. Your church family has done exactly what for so many years. Carried the gospel. You've carried it past. You've carried it presently. Your desire is to continue to carry it as the years go. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Reynolds, for inviting me to be here. I remember when uh, my family got back to, the, uh, to America a couple months back, talking to my pastor about possibly doing deputation. We didn't think that we'd be in America, uh, especially for this amount of time. The pastor, where should I go? Where should I start? First pl- place he mentioned was Gethsemane Baptist and the with Pastor Reynolds. You church family have a great name. Thank you so much for loving God, for loving uh, the city of Long Beach, and for loving the world, again, the gospel everywhere. So much fruit abounds to your account that stretches many years ago continues to the day, and unbeknownst to many of you, stretches all the way to Cambodia and Southeast Asia because of what you have done. I want to thank uh, the Lord for you all here. Thank the Lord for allowing us to be able to be in the States for a few months, to travel, to uh, uh, see the country, to gain prayer support, to gain financial support, and uh, for all that God uh, has shown us and taken care of us. Uh, If you would, on the back table, we do have our uh, display in the back. Please take a prayer card. Every single person, please take a prayer card. We'd love for everyone to pray for us, children, adults alike. We have plenty uh, as we are here, Lord willing, till about early December before we head back to Asia and continue what God has called us to do. Uh, we miss Cambodia. Uh, just this past week, I'm getting phone calls and text messages from our people, uh, young people, adults alike, and saying, uh, teacher, look through. Uh, if you all will learn a word, Lakuru means teacher. It's a Lakuru uh, Kumbil uh, will be pastor, but uh, typically they will say teacher. When are you returning? Because we've been gone now for about four months now, and our, our, our folks miss us. And we look forward to returning. We look forward to seeing what God is going to do uh, this year. If you have not ever visited Cambodia, maybe you'd add it to your bucket list. The country is open. And uh, whether vaccinated or unvaccinated, uh, you can go there and uh, visit. And uh, I'll take you around the country. Uh, I'll tour you around and show you everywhere. Uh, and I'll take you to one of my favorite places to eat. You may ask, what is that? Dog. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but it is eaten out there, okay? One of your fellow missionaries, Carrie Brother Johnny Esposito, I love him. My high school and college uh, uh, principal, my wife lived with him for eight months before we got married. Uh, uh, his uh, daughter and son-in-law came to visit, and uh, they wanted to go eat some dog. So I took them to go get some dog. I tried it once. It was pretty good. If I fed it to you, you wouldn't know the difference. Trust me. Uh, it's, it's like barbecued beef mixed with pork, and it is amazing. They took some to go. 
and left in the fridge. The next day, he woke up hungry. The family was gone, and uh, he looked in the fridge, saw that in the fridge, opened it up, uh, and heated it up, ate it so good, called his daughter, said, hey, bring some more of that barbecue back home. Oh, really, Dad? What barbecue? The one he left in the fridge, Dad. Oh, the one that uh, uh, Adrian took us to go get? Yeah, that one right there. All right. Dad, did you enjoy it? It was amazing. Bring some back. All right, Dad, just want to let you know what you just had. Oh, my. I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> so I'll take you to get some delicacies. Maybe not that delicacy, but maybe some other ones. But uh, what God is doing in Cambodia and what's happening in the past recent months is just amazing. We've opened up the country, uh, uh, and restrictions have just about all uh, uh, been lifted. Church and ministries back to normal. It's a blessing to be able to meet uh, for a little over two years, not being able to gather. You know, here in the States, uh, we have the freedom to gather, the freedom to assemble. There in Cambodia, in a third world country, it is a privilege. It's not a right. It's a privilege. And if we dared to possibly meet, then missionaries like me and our team and other missionaries in Cambodia uh, would risk deportation getting blacklisted. And so we praise the Lord that it has opened up. We're able to now uh, be able to have our services once again, uh, to have children's ministry restarted after two years. And now in our new village of where we are now, about 50 minutes uh, from the capital city, still in the limits of the capital city, uh, we just restarted the children's ministry, seeing roughly about 100 children come uh, in our new village. And uh, many of them never have heard the gospel before. Never. Can you imagine that? You heard in my video that 98% uh, of the country are Buddhists. Less than 1% know of Jesus. That fact is true. That fact is real. We just started our Christian Academy uh, in two locations with 24 students, 12 in each location there in the capital city and two hours north of our location. Uh, we just had our celebration service and praise the Lord. Uh, we just started our fifth church plant and uh, now all church plants came together roughly about every two to three months and we gathered about 300 people and uh, there to hear the word of God. With 13 baptized just a couple months ago, uh, we started a new church plant about two hours uh, from the capital city going toward the ocean. And uh, we praise the Lord for what God is doing there. Uh, people that have moved away from the capital city and called us and said, teacher, in my village, there's no church. Can you and others come and bring the gospel to our village? So we did. About eight months ago, started sharing the gospel, traveling there uh, uh, every Thursday to be able to give the gospel. And uh, this past early August, being able to start uh, a small church there. Please pray for that. And please pray for the people there. And also our Bible Institute and Bible College re, uh, being restarted. Uh, it's a blessing to be able to train young people. Uh, just 12 years ago, people who did not know the Lord, now they're saved uh, and they're growing. They have families and they want to reach the country for Christ. 25 provinces in Cambodia. They want to go throughout Cambodia, and they want to go even beyond our borders. Would you please pray uh, for our people? Pray for the people who have been recently saved. Uh, in this past month, uh, we're seeing Cambodians. We're seeing John people. We're seeing uh, older folks and young fo uh, folks alike come to know Jesus. And there in a third world country, and there where persecution is very prevalent, it's not an easy thing, which I'll share about uh, uh, in just a bit when we have some uh, photos come up in my message. But uh, my, uh, sorry, how did I get to go to the field? In 2008, in Bible college, God allowed me to go visit Cambodia for five weeks. And being half Cambodian, half Puerto Rican, I knew that I just wanted to do God's will for my life. 
here am I, Lord, send me anywhere. I just want to do your will. God allowed me to go for five weeks, and I got to see many different ministries, many different missionaries. And during that time there, there were young people, college-age kids, like I see throughout this auditorium here, who love God and love their own people. They asked me this question. A few of them asked me this. They said, teacher, you're Cambodian. You've heard the gospel. America has the gospel just about everywhere. Our country is full of darkness. Our country needs Jesus. We heard of Jesus just a few years ago. And here came the big question. When are you going to return and bring your people the gospel? I paused. I got stuck. Because I knew what she said was true. And as I was willing, I said, you know, I'm not sure. But I know that it'll be one day that I will return. I came back to America, finished my last year of Bible college, worked on church staff, helped so many young people get into Christian school and serve the Lord. And, of course, God's calling does not just go away. During my time there, God really worked in my heart, talked to my pastor. Well, save up and go. We'll support you. We'll pray for you. But then comes the time to talk to my mother, who I love, who, as you heard earlier, escaped the country of Cambodia during the wartime. And just like any loving mother, she wouldn't want her son to go 8,000 miles away to a country where she fled from. I spoke to her just months before. I said, Mom, God's calling me to go to Cambodia to bring the gospel to our people. She looked at me and she said, why do you have to go? He loves the Lord. I said, why do you have to go? Why can't someone else go? I looked at her and I replied, said, Mom, I think there are others going. There's surely not enough. God's called me to go to give the gospel to the people there like we received here, like you received when you were 31 years old. She looked at me with tears in her eyes. She said, well, if God's called you to go, then you go and you do God's will for your life. Parents today, I hope you won't hold back on your children your spiritual children, anyone you work with, we're doing God's will for their lives. Challenge them, encourage them, fan the flame, love them, support them, help them to go and give the gospel to the world, to that person who needs Jesus. I don't regret one moment, one instance of going to the mission field for the past 10 years. Hey, praise the Lord, I'm married now. God gave me a wife in the country of Laos willing to come with me to Cambodia to serve our people there. It's a wonderful life. And whether or not you're going to go to Asia, you, church family, can share the gospel. You can carry the gospel here where you are. I hope that you would continue to do so. Love my wife. I'm thankful for the Lord that 
She loves Cambodia. She loves our people. I'll share a little bit more about that and how she loves our Cambodian people. If you would, please stand with me and take your Bibles to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter number 1. We'll be reading verses 1 through 9. Joshua chapter 1. Reading verses 1 through 9. I'll go to begin. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong. And of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you, Lord God, for the privilege to be together with God's people, Lord God, here at Gethsemane Baptist. Lord, we do pray, Lord, that you would speak to all of us, Lord. Help us, Lord, be as Joshua. Help us, Lord of God, do as Joshua. Lord, may you speak to all our hearts. Help us to carry the gospel wherever we go. We love you and us all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We just finished the book of Deuteronomy. And Moses has just passed away. Now but the baton is being passed now to Joshua to lead. I'm sure it's not an easy time. Along the Christian life, things don't always go maybe as planned. There is a journey that we're all on. And in this journey of life, in this Christian life that I pray that all of us are on right now, I pray that all of us know Jesus as our Savior if someone here today does not know Jesus as your Savior, I pray that today you would know that for sure. But I don't want to be anywhere else. I want to be with Jesus. I want God to lead and to guide and to direct my life as he wants to direct Joshua here. We see in verse number 2, the Bible says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Joshua needs to get up, and he needs to make a decision to go. If the gospel is going to be carried anywhere, all of us need to arise. Praise the Lord for feet. 
Praise the Lord for hands. Praise the Lord for a mouth that can speak. Some in the English language, others in Spanish, in an Asian language, uh, uh, in Tagalog. I don't know what language you may speak, but we must arise. We can't just sit. We can't sour and soak. We must get up. If the gospel is going to go anywhere and everywhere, church family, we must arise. God wants to use each and every one of us. Doesn't matter your past. Doesn't matter your upbringing. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you've done. If it's for the gospel, God wants to use you. God is no respecter of persons. He can use every single one of us. If God can use me, he can use you. No one special here today. Just some five foot one short mixed guy who said, Lord, I'll do your will. I'm half Cambodian, part Khmer, uh, and part Chinese, married to uh, my wife who is Hmong and Lao, who speaks Hmong, Lao, Thai, English, and now Khmer. We have a two-year-old daughter who is all mixed up, and one along the way, 12 weeks along. Please pray for us. <laughs> we want to do God's will, but we must get up. And we must go. And wherever you are, whether at work, at school, you're in the neighborhood, you're shopping, you're in the community, may we not be ashamed of Jesus. May we give the gospel to anyone and everyone, because there's not a wrong person that you and I can give the gospel to. I'm sure Joshua had his insecurities. I'm sure Joshua was going through a lot. He just lost Moses, man who he's helped and worked with and been side by side. And now he has to help prepare to cross the Jordan River. Not an easy task, something that hasn't been done for so many years. But with God's help, it's possible. With God's help, with whatever you and I want to do for his name, for his sake, for his glory, for his honor, it's possible to be done. What does the Bible say about that? Look at verse number five, church family. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. What a wonderful promise that we have in Scripture whether you're here or far away, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. I am with thee. A promise that you and I can keep. We can remember, we can meditate upon. I hope that we don't forget God's promises to us. They never expire. Verse 6, be strong and have a good courage. So number one, we see that we must arise. Number two, we see be strong and have a good courage. What does that mean right there? It's meant more to me in recent months than it's ever meant before. It means to trust the Lord, to trust God, to rely on him. Because in my own power, in my own strength, to continue on, to carry the gospel, 
to help people to know who Jesus is? I need God. You and I need God every single day of our lives. May we never think that we can do it on our own because our flesh will fail us. The devil will sidetrack us and get us off the course that God has us on. Be strong and have a good courage. Trust God. Those two words have meant more to me in the past many months of this year than ever before. And I'll share that reason why as we go to a few photos in just a bit. Verse number nine. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. God will go with you. When you're out sharing the gospel, when you're out soul winning, when you're out working with someone, whether a child, a teen, an adult, an older person, he's with you. We must arise. We must be strong. We must trust God. We must remember that he is with us everywhere we go. There's nowhere on this earth that we can hide. There's nowhere we can go where God does not know where we are. To the reaches beyond, to the uttermost parts of the world, God wants the gospel to reach them. Whether you go or stay, we can all pray. We can all give. We can all help in some way, form, or fashion to get the gospel to the reaches. If you would, please, we'll go to the first photo. You know, and just like in Bible times, things weren't always easy. God could take away all of our heartaches, our troubles, the situations that we're in, but sometimes he allows them to stay to teach us many different lessons. And let me talk to you about these folks right here that I love, and great, I have it right in front of me. To the left, you see a man in blue named C. To the middle, you have his wife, Sam, and to the right, their niece, Tate. And just a few years ago, we got to meet them. Their life is not easy. There is no welfare system in Cambodia. If you don't work, you truly don't eat. There are no really handouts there in the third world country. Both C and Sam wake up about 3 in the morning to boil potatoes, peanuts, to go around and collect recyclables throughout the night to hopefully make a few bucks to feed the family. So at 5 in the morning, take the boiled uh, potatoes, steamed potatoes and peanuts and the other little things to then go out before as people get up because everyone gets up really early in Cambodia to get started, to go sell, to make a few bucks. And as she was selling there downstairs of our church building, she would hear week after week singing, laughter, joy. See people coming up and down the stairs, smiling and happy. And his wife, same, would wonder, who are these people? What's this singing that I hear about? What's so different about what's happening upstairs and what I've seen in my life? And they don't know Jesus in their 50s. Life's always been hard for them. 
Jay eventually asked one of our folks, hey, what's happening upstairs? We're learning about Jesus, the man said. Jesus who loves you. Jesus who died for you. Jesus who wants of a place in your life. After a few weeks and she was willing to hear the gospel, and after just a couple months, she accepted Jesus Christ as her savior. The gospel's been carried to same. The gospel has been, uh, she now has Jesus. Her niece now has Christ just a few months after her. And it took just a little bit longer because I think maybe as men we're a little bit more hard, uh, 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 hard-headed. <laughs> C eventually got saved. Their life here on this earth may still be hard, but you know what? Their future is settled. They have a joy to them. As you see here outside of our, uh, of our uh, second church plant, faithful throughout all these years, throughout the pandemic and all, love the Lord. But just a few months ago, her husband, C, got sick. And his health was really failing very fast. Next photo, please. We get a phone call that C has passed away, and we hold a funeral for him there uh, at our other church plant about an hour and a half north of where we are. Our unsaved children come, friends come, family come. They get to hear the gospel for the first time. Of course, same, is heartbroken. Her husband, part of the breadwinner of the family, you don't just have one breadwinner in the home, you have two. Because one's not enough. He's in heaven. She's happy that he's in heaven, but she wants her children to now know of Jesus Christ. She comes to me and says, Teacher, pray, pray with me that my children will trust Christ. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to continue on. I'm going to be strong, courageous. I'm going to trust God because he's with me wherever I go. I want my children to be saved. Next photo, please. As she stays faithful to the Lord, as she's a witness, she's a testimony to her children, what happens? This is right in front of our new church building where we are now. Her son, Toe, and his wife, because of mom's love for God, because mom is not ashamed of the gospel, they get saved. What a blessing that is. Lives forever change. We're praying for the other children to know of Jesus. Mom did not just sit there. She arose. Mom had to be strong and courageous. She had to trust God. She had to press on and to press forward, just as Joshua had to do. Next photo, please. We have here... Two of our ladies who love the Lord. They're not Cambodian, they're Cham. A minority group in Cambodia, in Vietnam, in Malaysia, who have no country, just like my wife has no country. But they settled in Cambodia. They're about an hour and a half north of Phnom Penh in a mostly Muslim community. About nine years ago when I first arrived to Cambodia, saw them on the left wanted to know what is truth, who is God, who is Jesus, because she did not believe in her religion anymore. Praise the Lord. She came to know 
who Christ is. She accepted Christ as her Savior. Eventually, her children, just about all of them except one, we're praying for him to know Jesus, accepted Christ as their Savior. Her husband, who used to be possessed, and when I say that, I truly mean that. Because it, it is real. The devil does have power. Came to know Jesus. And years later, her sister, Poa, who has a family, a husband, children, grandchildren, a livelihood, a home, everything. She wondered, who is Christ? Who's this Jesus that my sister and uh, my brother-in-law and my nieces and nephews believe in? Would you tell me who Christ is? Well, her sister arose. She was strong, courageous. She shared who Jesus is to her sister Poa. And praise the Lord, Poa got saved. But there in Cambodia, when you get saved, yes, life changes. Your eternity is settled forever in heaven. But physically, for many, it gets harder and harder. Persecution hits almost instantaneously because your family knows what you did. You're not ashamed of the gospel. You tell them what you did. You tell them that uh, I accepted Christ as my Savior. But what happened after that started to unfold. Her husband, of about maybe 30 years, maybe a little bit longer, said, you choose Jesus or you choose us. Which one? You can't have both. Because in this family, we believe in Allah. This family is Islam. She said, all my life, I sought truth. I could not find it anywhere, but I found it now in Jesus Christ. I choose Jesus. What happened then? Her husband kicked her out of the house. Told her children, don't speak to mom. Told the grandchildren, you can't spend time with, with, with grandma anymore. You go and live outside in the back. After some time, husband comes back. What are you going to do? Choose Jesus or choose us? I choose Jesus. Okay. I will divorce you now. Is your Jesus that much to you that it's worth going through divorce, losing everything you have, You'll have nothing. I'll take everything away from you. I'll even tell the villagers, the village chief, that you are not to be talked to. I love Jesus. I will continue to live for Jesus. I love you. I love our children. I love our grandchildren. If I have to live in the back house, I will do so. Villagers throwing rocks inside her yard, looking down upon her, saying so many things, hurtful things. He said, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to move forward because you need Jesus. Our children need Jesus. Our grandchildren need Jesus. I praise the Lord for Poa and her stand for the Lord. Next photo, please. To the left, you have Tom, the lady on the left we had earlier. That's her son, Tom. 
His name is Sane, but since it's hard to say his Asian name, we gave him the name of Tom. That way it's easy just to memorize his name. Tom leads our church plant about five hours northwest of Cambodia, getting ready to graduate from our Bible college. Pray for Tom. He's standing next to his cousin, Esau. You know, Esau watched his mother go through so much persecution, so much heartache. But you know, God took care of Esau's mom, Poa, because he's with her, whithersoever she goes. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Esau watched his mother go through all that. And what happened just a couple months ago? Esau softened his heart. He opened his heart up, and he said, I want to know who this Jesus is. Praise Lord for Tom and one of our national pastors, San, who shared Christ with Esau, and Esau is now a Christian. Arise, we must go. We must share. We must continue on. We must be strong, courageous. We must trust the Lord. He's with us, we will ever go. Don't be afraid, even though things don't look so good ahead. Esau accepted Christ as a savior, and life's forever changed. Next photo, please. Now Esau has a church to go to. He has men who can mentor him and help him. He has people who love him. Next one, please. Comes to where this passage of scripture also not only hits to folks in Cambodia, but it hits home. As I said earlier that we're all on a journey and transitions of life happen and it does not excuse any of us just as it doesn't excuse myself and my family. As we were up north, five hours northwest of Cambodia, helping some of our folks get married, I get a phone call in early March that my, that my mother is not doing well. Her health has been rough for the past 10 years, arthritis, high blood pressure, many different things. Last time I saw my mother was in 2018, right before we got married. Love her dearly, escaped the war time. Said, go and carry the gospel to the people of Cambodia. Anyone and everyone there did not hold back. Went to the emergency room, and you all know St. Mary's there on, on, ten, on uh, roughly 10th Street and uh, Atlantic. Admitted. Doctors checked her out, ran scans and tests. Looked okay. Then a few hours later after being admitted, going to a cardiac arrest. Unconscious, um, 8,000 miles away, not knowing what I can do, so far away. I must trust God. I must be courageous. I must be strong. He wakes up, praise the Lord, 12 hours later, miraculously. Starts to heal, starts to get a little better. The doctors run more tests. They said, wait a few more days before we can do anything. He celebrates her 69th birthday there. But then God decides to take her home. And I'm 8,000 miles away. My brother calls and says, hey, mom's gone to heaven. 
get tickets for your family, get to America. Easy to say for me, who's a dual citizen, my daughter, who's been transferred citizenship because of myself, but my wife, who is from the country of Laos, what they call a third country national, someone from Laos living in Cambodia, applying to go to the US. Paperwork's been running for two and a half years. Pandemic has slowed it down dramatically. What do we do? We make phone calls. We apply for other visas. We gather paperwork. We, we, we make payments. And we interview, and they said, nope, wrong visa. Apply for another one. Really? We do the same thing again. Apply for a tourist visa. Of course, we're not trying to go to America as tourists. We're trying to come back and have a funeral. Run that paperwork, make those payments, make those fees. They interview my wife again. They said, we don't believe you're going to come back. You're denied. By then, I'm like, Lord, what do I do? I'm trying to just get my family to America. And God says, trust me. God says, be strong, courageous. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Not knowing what was ahead, my wife said, Adrian, you need to go to America. You go. Have mom's funeral. I said, okay. I don't want to go alone. I want you and Emily to go. If I go, I'll send you and Emily to Laos. Be with your family. I haven't seen them for two years. She said, no. I won't go to Laos. I will stay in Cambodia. Because these people are my people. Your people are my people. I love the Cambodian people. If you do go, I'll be here waiting for your return. But praise the Lord. That's not needed. Because then a glimmer of hope comes. God says, trust me. I'll make a way. We're told to make a phone call to the visa center and ask them to forward our paperwork if it's complete enough. We do so. The embassy looks at it. They said, come back for an interview. We do. We submit everything. Said, this looks good. Come back in three days and pick up your visa. Three days later, we come back. In her passport is a visa, not just any visa, but an immigrant long-term visa to America. We arrive here, and the immigrant, immigration officer at LAX says, welcome to America. In two months, you'll receive your green card. Really? <laughs> awesome. Wonderful. He has that now. And hopefully in just the next couple months, he'll be a US citizen. And never again to have to worry about being separated or apart. Book of Joshua, Joshua's life. Such an encouragement to same, to poor, to myself. We must arise, we must get up, we must go. We must be strong and have good courage, we must trust God. We must remember that the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever 
thou goest. Might you and I continue to trust God, no matter the circumstance, no matter the obstacle, because God is with us wherever we go. Don't be scared to take the gospel anywhere and everywhere. Someone is ready and waiting for you to give the gospel to them. Joshua said at the end, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Might we do that? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the time we had. Thank you, Lord, for the life of Joshua.